0: Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you took the time to join us for this message. This is super special. We are starting a brand new series called 2020. Over the next number of weeks, we wanna begin to unlock the vision and the purpose that God has for our lives. We think that you're gonna enjoy this. So sit back, relax, here it is. You guys may be seated. We're beginning. Our message this morning in the book of John, chapter 15, and we're just reading a few verses today, and so I want to start uh, in verse 1. It's going to set the backdrop of what I want to do this morning. John verse chapter 15, verse 1 says this, is I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it, so it will be even more Fruitful. You are already clean because the world, uh, the word I have spoken to you remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Uh, so how's everyone doing this morning? Fantastic. We're beginning a brand new series here at church. So if this is your first time with us, uh, my name's Harrison. I'm the pastor here, and we believe that you picked a fantastic day to join us Uh today because we're beginning a brand new series but we also believe that every single weekend is someone's first weekend with us and so uh, whether it's your first time here or your 30th time here we're super excited that you could be here uh, we're beginning a brand new series like I said so uh, to set up the series I want to tell you guys a story uh, about uh, two weeks after Christy and my wife started dating, uh, we decided to drive to BC. Now, at the time, we were living in Alberta, but Christy's family was in BC. We figured we'd been dating for 14 days, so it was time I met her whole family. And so, we decided to drive to BC, and what you need to know uh, about myself when I was 18, and not much has changed since, but I knew very little about cars. I knew that if you put gas in, the car goes, and that was about it. My knowledge of cars since then just comes from personal disaster and tragedy in my life when it comes to cars. And so we decided to go to BC, uh, but the problem was it was, it was in February. And for those of you guys who know what February is like, February is kind of an awkward time. It's actually quite similar to today a lot of times, right? Where it's like snowy, but then it's kind of warm, and then it's kind of snowy. And so we decided uh, that we were going to go to B.C. It was February. When we left that day, uh, it was sunny because Alberta is the best province. Some will say amen. (laughs) But by the time, we got a few B.C. people in the house today, my wife being one of them. But by the time we got to B.C., that treacherous province, uh, the weather had sort of shifted and the sun had set. And by the time the sun had set, it gets colder. And so everything kind of turns from like melty stuff to almost like ice stuff. And so we're driving in the mountains. I had never driven to Ashcroft, B.C. before. I had never heard of Ashcroft, B.C. before. I didn't try to remember the name of Ashcroft, B.C. because it gave me a connection point every time I wanted to talk to Christy. I just pretended I didn't know where she was from. Guys, take notes. <laughs> Connection points. So we're driving there, and by the time the weather had shifted, the weather was so bad, it was so slushy, uh, and so I'm one of those guys that I need my windshield to be absolutely clear. And that's no matter what, right? So i am always got the windshield wipers going, and i got the fluid going because there's mud and dirt. We're in the mountains. like We're going through Rogers Pass, and it's going, it's going. And eventually we get to a point, and I run out of windshield fluid. And this is quite treacherous because the weather is not very good uh, on this particular day. And so we're kind of in the middle of nowhere on like these single lane roads. I got no windshield fluid. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Because these cars are just shooting stuff all directions. And so luckily we had like a water bottle in our car. And my, my Saturn, my 97 Saturn at that time had a sunroof. And uh, so I opened, we opened the sunroof like as we were driving. Like, I had Christy pour water on the windshield just so we could clean this bad boy off. And uh, needless to say, like, I had never driven to BC in the best of times, but I was now going there in the worst of times, and it was quite stressful. And the thing when you feel the stress is, like, you just want to get there, right? You guys want that feeling? It's like, I just want this to be done. But the thing was, we didn't have a clear path, right? Like, we couldn't see anything. Our vision was obstructed. And what I realized was that if our vision was muddy, if our vision was blurry, we couldn't get to where we wanted to go in the time that we wanted to get there because it was, it was blurry, by the time we got to BC, the only good thing was that I was so stressed out from the drive, I wasn't even worried about meeting her dad. I was like relieved when I met him. Like, I gave him a hug. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't kill your daughter. <laughs> I'm so happy that you guys could be there. But The reason that I wanted to tell you guys this story is because we're beginning a brand new series here at church uh, called 2020. And over the next number of weeks, what we want to do is we want to speak on this subject of 2020. Now, uh, like Chris just said, this is a vision term, right? The idea of someone who sees 2020, what it means is they don't need glasses, they don't need contacts, they can see clearly, right? There's nothing obstructing them. And so over the next number of weeks as we begin this series, this is indeed a vision series. What we want to do is we want to paint a clear picture for all of us. And it's going to work in two ways. Number one, we want to share the vision of what we're doing here at Kingdom Church. We believe that God has called us to something. We believe that we're going somewhere. We believe that we're moving. And we want you guys to be able to see exactly what we're doing. Because if you guys don't have vision, if our vision is obstructed, we won't be able to get to the places that we want to go. If you can't see clearly, you can't move forward. And so maybe you're sitting here to yourself thinking today, well, that's great for the church, but what about myself? I told you guys this is twofold. You see, as much as this this series is a vision series for the church, we also want this to be a vision series for your life. Here's what we believe. We believe that God has a plan. God has a purpose for every single one of you in this room. And our job as a church is we want to help you unlock your purpose. We want to help you unlock your passion. I believe this wholeheartedly. There are so many people that walk around every single day and they have no idea why they're here on earth. They have no idea why God has created them. They have no idea what their purpose is. And so they walk around and and things are kind of muddy. You guys know what I'm saying? Like you can't really see what's next. You can't really see what, what your purpose is. I talk to people all the time and they think, I have nothing. God hasn't given me anything. In this series, what we want to do is we want to unlock what God has given you. Because if your vision is not clear, you will not be able to get to go to the places that you want to go. Whether it's your first time here, like I said, your last time, your 30th time, not your last time. None of your last times. You guys are coming back next week. (laughs) Whether it's your first time or your 30th time, we believe this. God has a purpose for you. It's your first time, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't even know about Jesus. I'm not even sure about God. That's okay. We still believe that God has a plan for your life. We still believe that God has a purpose for your life. And, and I believe wholeheartedly in this series, someone is going to figure out why on earth they are here. And so I'm super excited for it. Turn to the person next to you, tell them you're excited. Whether you feel it or not. Uh, and there's a verse I want to share with you guys that kind of goes along with this series. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And now in Proverbs, uh, it's speaking in a very spiritual sense. What it's saying is saying, where there is no direction from God, the people perish. Now, the word perish, like it literally means to waste away, right? You guys can kind of envision that. And so, the way that I take this verse, the way that I want to take it this morning is that if we do not know why we are here, we are literally wasting our lives. You guys, like I came here to be uplifted, it's going to get better. If we do not have vision, if we do not know why we are here, we are wasting our times. And my purpose for doing this series, our purpose for doing this series is we don't want anyone to waste their time. Time is short, we are all busy, and so we want to clear the path. We want you guys to get to where God wants you to go. So what we're going to do this morning, we're going to study a passage of Scripture Found in John, uh, the book of John, before we get to the passage, I'll kind of explain what's going on. Uh, The book of John, if you're new to the Bible, there are two testaments uh, in the Bible. There's the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the New Testament is all about the life of Jesus and after and the church and all that good stuff. And so there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so we're going to be in the book of John this morning. And in the book of John, where we are in John chapter 15 specifically, Jesus is about to be uh, crucified. If you guys are with us for Easter last weekend, make a shout who was here last weekend. Wasn't it awesome last weekend? It was was good. Uh, We were in the book of John last weekend, and so we're going to be in John again looking at something different. Jesus is about to be betrayed. He's about to be handed over to be crucified. And so what is happening is that Jesus wants to give his disciples some direction before he leaves. He's been with them for three and a half years, but what Jesus wants to do, Jesus wants to leave them with some vision. He wants them to be able to see clearly what the next step is. And so that's where we pick up our our verse today. It's found in John chapter 15. uh, And for the majority of our time this morning, we're going to be in two verses uh, because there's so much in there that I don't want us to miss anything. This is what he says. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it. So that it will be even more fruitful. So I need us to understand this. this is a giant metaphor here. And there's three characters in this story. The first is the vine. Do you guys know who the vine is? Jesus. Jesus is the vine. He says, I am the true vine. That's the first character. The second one is the gardener who is the father, and that is God. And the third one is the branches. And the branches in this context symbolize the disciples, but I also think that Jesus is speaking prophetically here, and he's speaking to all generations. He's speaking 2,000 years ago, and he's speaking today. And he says, you are the branches, we are the branches. These are the three characters in this story. Now what we need to understand, because I want you guys to hold this in your mind, we're going to come back to it. In the Old Testament, someone say old. old. In the Old Testament, there was this metaphor that was used a lot of times of a garden and a gardener. Now the gardener was God, and the garden, or the vineyard was the nation of Israel. These were God's people. And in the Old Testament, those were the two characters. And what happened a lot of times was that the gardener was not so pleased with the garden. The vineyard was not the, the vine dresser, I believe that's what they're called was not so pleased with the vineyard in the Old Testament. Now keep that in mind. We're in the New Testament. now there's three characters: the vine, the father who's the gardener, and the branches. And so in this particular context, we are the branches. Who are we? The branches, branches, which is like fruit. And so this is what he says in verse 2. He says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. He cuts it off. He cuts it off. Now this is about to teach us something, because what we are talking about is vision, and what vision is, what I think it is, is really purpose. Purpose. What on earth am I here for? What am on earth does God want me to do? And so what it is saying, it's saying he is cutting off those who do not produce. The only reason that God would ever cut something off is if it is acting or doing something contrary to what it was designed to do. And so what I am getting from this, what I want us to understand, and here's the first thing about vision, and this is going to propel us for the whole series, is that each and every one of us was made to produce. We were made to produce. That's our purpose. You were made to be fruitful. And in the most spiritual sense, this is what Jesus is saying to his disciples. He's leaving them. I need us to see this picture. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be here any longer, so you have a purpose now. And your purpose is to make a difference. Your purpose is to produce fruit. And what that means, and what Jesus is saying, he's saying for us, your purpose is to bring joy to the world. Your purpose is to bring peace to the world. It is to actually make a difference. That is what your purpose is. And what's so interesting, what I find so ironic, and, and tell me if you've heard this before, but I hear people say all the time, I don't really think the church has a purpose anymore. In fact, I, Christians, those guys are the worst. They don't do anything. They actually make life worse. And it's so interesting because, and I know that all of these assumptions that people say are not true, but to an extent, what I think Jesus is saying is Jesus is actually agreeing with a lot of the complaints against the, against the church. Because what Jesus is saying, he's saying, if you guys aren't making a difference, cut it off, right? Because what he's saying, he's saying, you were made to produce. That's our purpose. That is is what we are supposed to do. And it's so funny because I think that uh, in life right now, a lot of us have been confused in terms of what producing actually is. We live in this time in this society where we think that we're doing a lot, but I wonder if we're actually doing anything. I'm sure a few weeks ago you guys heard of the fires in Notre Dame. Did you guys hear about the cathedral that was on fire? It was super uh, tragic, sad, whatever the word you want to use, because it's a really, really old building, and um, it it burnt on fire. And so what happened um, in the coming days is that uh, a bunch of really rich people decided to donate money to help rebuild the cathedral. Did you guys see that? And so what happened, uh, how many of you guys have got social media in here? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Anyone not have it? Okay, we'll introduce you to 21st century later. (laughs) I love you. Um, But there was this picture that was circulating, and uh, I saw it over and over again, being posted over and over again, and and we have it here. I want to show it to you guys, and and people were just sharing this and and retweeting that, if you guys understand the lingo, and what it said was this. It said, I know that Notre Dame was a very important landmark, but the fact that billionaires have pledged over $600 million in under 24 hours to help fix it really just puts into perspective how easily rich people could solve the world's issues if they cared. How many of you guys shared this? Don't raise your hand. So this, this thing, I saw it like literally all over Facebook. Like I'm sure you guys saw it too because it was being shared like a ton and a ton. And I tried to put a number on it because like it's on all different platforms. My, my, my lowest estimation was that this image was shared at least one million times by a million different people. On Facebook alone, last time I checked, 600,000 people had shared it. And every single person that shared it had this caption that said, if only they cared. And so the people had this righteous indignation. I'm so mad at these rich people. If only they cared, then all of the world's problems would be solved. Share. I'm going to share that. That's so true. Now, get this. If you share this image, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Come up to say some stuff. I'm just giving you a warning. I'm not here to hurt feelings. <laughs> I told Brendan, I'm like, I'm going off this morning. (laughs) A million people shared this photo. But the idea was this. Every single person that shared it, at least that I saw, they were putting the blame on these people, on these rich people, I'm so mad at them for spending their money when they could really just help solve the world's problems. They could help solve hunger. They could help solve homelessness. And understand this, I in no way, I didn't donate a dime to Notre Dame because I don't really care. You guys can, we can talk later if that offends you. But I also don't really care what people do with their money. Anyway, it's another point. Stay on topic here. There's this idea in our culture and our society about this idea of righteous indignation, where we are so mad, we are so offended at what other people do. And when it comes to this picture, what I just really thought about, if the millions of people that shared this image, if they would have donated $10, if they would have donated $100 to whatever the heck they wish these rich people donated to, instead of just clicking a button, what kind of a difference might they have actually made? You guys understand what I'm saying? You see, we live in this time in this society like never before where everyone is so angry. Have you guys seen this? We just had the election. Everyone on both sides is so angry. If only they did this. If only the UCP did this. If only the NDP did this. I'm not telling you where I fall on the spectrum. I don't know much about politics. Jake's the man on that. But everyone has this indignation, right? And what we're doing is we're sharing images. We're sharing images. And I think in, in this society, in this culture, what we are doing is by sharing all of these things, what we are doing, whether intentionally or unintentionally, is we are absolving ourselves from any responsibility at all. Because what we're saying is, if, well, if, if people know how I feel, I'm actually doing something. I'm actually making a difference. I'm, I'm not being rude, but the people that shared this image, they did nothing to help the environment, if that's what your thing is. They did nothing to help Flint get clean water. But what happens when we share these things is we feel so good. Look, I made a difference. I don't have a slide for this because I want you guys to write this down. Because I always tell you to write things down if they're really good. I think a lot of us, we've mistaken posting for producing. Can you write that down? We've mistaken posting for producing. What that means is we think, well, if I just say something, I actually did something. No, we haven't. And so what Jesus says in this thing, Jesus is saying, if we do not produce, if we do not actually make a difference, he cuts us off. Because we're not actually doing anything. Now get this, I'm, I'll, I don't do social media, and I know some of you guys don't share all that stuff. But a lot of us, we do the exact same thing in our lives, we complain. I've complained before. When I first got into ministry, I complained a lot about things that I didn't like. Right? And I thought I was so smart because I would see things. Like, I don't really like the way this system is set up. And 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 it's funny because, like, I don't know if you guys are like this, but when we see something that's wrong, we think we're really smart because we found it. (laughs) Right? It's like, this system sucks. Like, people shouldn't. And and so I would complain and I would complain and I would complain. And and one day God just kind of spoke to me and he said, you know, you're not actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. Talking about it doesn't make a difference. And what he kind of said and what I felt to be true, he said, it doesn't take a, a really intelligent person to see that something's wrong, he said, "What it takes, uh, what 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 really makes a difference, is when someone sees something that's wrong and tries to change it. What what producing is is seeing something that we want to change and actually being the difference that we seek to see changed. It's making a difference. It's 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 producing, and that's why. And this is where I'm trying to go with this message. And you guys, if I hope no one's offended of social media stuff, because we all do it." At times, and it's in different ways, whether it's sharing or through our mouths. But the point that what I'm trying to say is that in our lives, God wants us to actually produce. He wants us to make a difference. And so when it comes to complaining, one of the reasons that we wanted to start this church is because we wanted to be a church that produces, that makes a difference. And I can say by the grace of God, week after week, we have seen people come to faith. We have seen lives being changed here, and we're believing that more lives are going to be changed here. But that never would have happened if we would have just been complaining about things. I want things to get better. I hope things are going to get better. And so where I'm trying to go is I believe this to be true in our lives. I think that God has a purpose and a plan for every single one of you. And it's not about just talking about it or thinking about it. It's about actually doing. It's about actually producing. You see what happens when you have vision in your life. That's what we're talking about. When you know what your life is about, when you know where you're trying to go, other people will follow you. I promise you that. Because we are attracted to vision. Yeah. We're attracted to people that, that, that know what they want to do. And I love it so much. Like, as a church, like, we just, we have a vision as a church, and we've attracted visionaries. I, I love when our small group leaders, when they come to me, they're like, hey, we want uh, to do charitable stuff for our small group. We want to go downtown and serve the homeless. And I just, I love that because what they're saying is, like, I actually want to produce. I want to produce. As a church, one of our, our main visions as a church is we want to make a difference. We want to make a difference. We want to give money away. And, and I'm just sharing this for us so you guys can know as a church. Uh, uh, there's a charity hockey tournament going on. It happens every single year. And uh, all the money goes to the, the Children's Stollery Hospital, or the Stollery Children's Hospital, I should say. And the Kingdom Church, this year, we're sponsoring one of the teams uh, for the tournament. And so what that means is all that money goes to the, the Stollery Children's Hospital. And so we're super excited about that. Uh, you guys can clap your hands because that's all. that's all you guys. But listen to this. As a church and in our vision, we want to share even more. We want to give away even more than we're already giving away. We want to be more charitable. We want, to be, we want to make a difference in St. Albert and Edmonton. But listen to this. We can't give away what we don't have. We can't give away what we don't have. And so we can only be as generous as, as we're generous, right? And so that's what, vision, that's, that's what vision is about. We're trying to clear the way. We want you guys to know as a church we want to make a difference, and that's all of us together. That's, that's, that's saying together, let's make a difference. Let's make a difference. We were made to produce. We were made to produce. One thing that I want us to do in this series is I want us to begin to take things personally. Take things personally. Because I think a lot of times what we do is we have this idea that someone else will take care of it. Are you guys like that? I'm like that. Like when I go to my mom's house, if there's a mess, I'm like, someone else take care of it. Mom. <laughs> but it's like that in church right it's like someone else will do it someone else will take care of my kids someone else will greet someone else will pour coffee someone else will give but it's all of us right we are made to produce and what, what, the, what Jesus is saying to his disciples he's saying if we do not produce we will be cut off we will be cut off and so this is what he says uh, again in verse 2 he says he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit and we're going to explain in a second why he does that But look what it says here. It says, Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, when I read this for the first time, I didn't really like what it was saying. Because you see, every single one of us we're in a different season in our lives. And I know that there are people in this church who are sitting here right now, and you are you're fruitful. You're making a difference. You're serving, you're, you're, you're actually sowing into what we're doing at Kingdom Church or, or wherever it may be. I know a lot of you guys, you serve in nonprofits. you help out in young life, things like that. You're fruitful. And so when I read this for the first time, I wanted it to say, every branch that bears fruit, God blesses. Every branch that bears fruit, God praises. But instead it says, every branch that, 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 that bears fruit, he prunes. He prunes it. Now you guys, uh, I'm sure there are some gardeners in here, you know all about pruning. Right? To prune is, is to cut. And if you guys remember the metaphor at the beginning, who is being pruned? Who are the branches? That's us. I want God to praise us. I want God to bless us, but he prunes us. And, and I was thinking about pruning this week, and because it's a metaphor, I was like, what does a plant think? I was trying to put myself in the perspective of a plant, which is a weird place to go. What does the plant think when the gardener is coming at it? With the shearing scissors or whatever the heck they're called. Because, li- listen to this, from the, pers- <laughs> from the perspective of the plant, I don't garden much. <laughs> I went to some dark places to get into the perspective of the plant. But listen, from the perspective of the plant, when the gardener comes ready to chop, the plant doesn't know whether it's being cut off or whether it's being pruned. How is it to know the difference? It can be kind of confusing. And so I just kind of felt that the Lord wanted me to speak on this for a bit this week because I know there are people in this room, you feel like you're producing, but it sort of feels like God's cut you off. Like you're, like you're going through some things. I have a saying that, that I say all the time, and I'm not trying to retreat from it. But I told people all the time, I said, you know what, with progress always comes pushback. And I said, every time we step forward, the devil wants to knock us one step down. Right, And, and I, I can tell you story after story, people trying to come to the Lord, but, but things just happen in their lives. And I was always like, the devil's trying to get you down. He, he's, trying to, he's trying to kick you down. But I felt the Lord speak to me this week. And I felt, I mean, I, I needed to tell you guys that sometimes the pushback that you're feeling in your life is not from the devil, it's from God. It's from God. Sometimes God's the one that's doing, the, I'll, I'll explain it like this. Uh, for, for a long time I was getting a certain haircut. I get a line on the side of my head. You guys seen those before? It's called the hard part. I might have had it here at church. I don't think so, though. Um, But somewhere along the line, as I was getting this haircut, uh, I I had a bad experience, and basically the line on the side of my head came down to the middle of my head. (laughs) Basically, they parted the Red Seas in the middle of my head and so it started I didn't notice it for a long time but then I noticed it and when I noticed it I was like oh my gosh like this is going to be an issue and so I went to the barber to get it fixed and what they said they were like man in order to fix it we're pretty much going to have to like cut it all off it's, it's the only way it's going to get better it's the only way it's going to grow again and, and this is what they said to me they said you know what after this haircut it might not look good but it will it might not look good now but it will so listen, this is what God is saying to us right now. Because there's someone in this room you're producing, you're trying to move forward, but you're stuck in frustration. Because like if I'm moving forward right now, why am I experiencing this pushback? But what I want us to understand is sometimes that pushback is actually pruning. It's the gardener, it's the father saying, I am pruning us. I'm pruning you. And, and here's the thing. I want us to we put the verse back up. This is what he says. He says, the reason that, that he prunes us is so that you will be even more, what's the word? Fruitful. fruitful. The reason God prunes us, the reason sometimes God has to cut us down, the reason sometimes God has to tell us to stop sharing things on social media is so that we can be even more fruitful. Is so we can produce more, so we can actually begin to make a difference. But here's the thing that I want us to understand. Sometimes in this process, it's going to be a little bit messy and I think that we live, and I'm speaking a lot about generalizing our culture, but I think that is true. I think that we live in a time like never before that we want to see the end product. But we don't want to see the process. Right? We live in the skip the dishes generation. Christy and I, a few weeks ago, we did skip the dishes for the first time. Um, and it was a game changer. We'd never done it before. and Because uh, growing up, you had two options, right? Either pizza or Chinese food if you wanted to take out stuff. It was like nothing else. But Skip the Dishes, like it's a complete game changer. And we ordered like this uh, southern barbecue food. Uh, it was like beef brisket, mac and cheese, garlic fries, heart attack. And it was just like, it was super good. And and it, I'm, I'm, this is no word of a lie. Uh, when, I, when we got home and got the stuff took out, it, for there for the very first time, I actually understood the name Skip the Dishes. You guys ever just like not think of things? Maybe, maybe I'm the only one. Like, I didn't know why it was called skip. I just like skip the dishes. But what I realized is that when you take it all out, you have this masterpiece, but there's no mess. Like, there's no dishes. You see, like, Christy, my wife, like, when she cooks, and I love her, but like, (laughs) the better she cooks, but listen, listen, the better that she cooks, the bigger the mess, right? Like, one time when she had this, like, gourmet meal, and like, there was like a thousand pots and pans, and I have to wash them all. But it's not a big deal because. I know that her mess is just proof that a masterpiece is coming. Right? That something good's, something good's about to happen. Amen. But listen to this as a culture and as a people, we have begun to despise the mess. We want everything delivered on our doorstep in a black box ready to unzip and go. But what God is saying is saying there's a process, there's a pruning. There's a pruning that has to take place and the reason that he does it is so that you will become even more fruitful. So listen to this. I want to speak to someone that feels like their life is in a mess right now and you're not sure why there's so much pushback. You're not sure why your life is looking the way that it's looking because you're thinking, "I'm, I'm trying to strive for the Lord. We're trying to push forward. Why are things harder than ever? Understand this. Maybe it's not the devil. Maybe it's God. Maybe it's God pruning us and the reason that he's pruning us is so when you get through it, you can become even more fruitful. If you guys are with us, a few months back, I shared a story when I first started speaking. And I told you about the guy that kind of dissed me after I spoke, won't have my hand in my pocket. And the one I didn't tell you is I also, one time I was speaking and someone sent me an anonymous letter. And uh, they told me not to move so much. They're like, what is the, <laughs> this is what they said, this is a direct quote from this author. <laughs> they said, why do you move so much? Is the stage on fire? And I was like, sign your name, I'll give you an answer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I told you guys that when this happened, like, it, it kind of sucks, right? Like, you don't, you don't, you don't like, we don't like criticism. But it's funny, and this is one thing that God t- told me very early on, and I believe this is a process of pruning. God said, no matter what people say to you, he said, you can take something from everything. As hurtful as things are, as much as people will bring you down, as as bad as that situation you are in right now, you don't understand it, but there is something that you can learn from it. And there is something in your situation right now that God wants to take and he wants to use it so one day you'll be more fruitful. What does that look like? Maybe right now you're in the the deepest darkness you've been in. It's a situation, it's a family situation, whatever it may be. But the reason that you're going through it is because on the other side, you're going to be able to help someone who's going through it in the future. Do you know what I'm saying? So you see what God is saying? He's saying, I want you to be more fruitful. I want you to make a difference for them. And the only way that you were able to do that was to go through the storm that you went through. And that storm wasn't from the devil. It was actually from God. It was a It was a pruning. It was a pruning. He says he cuts off every branch that does bear fruit so that it will produce even more, so it'll be even more fruitful. Friends, I believe this. As a church, kingdom church, God's going to prune us. I would love for everything to be up and to the right. I would love for every weekend to be Easter weekend. (laughs) But there's a pruning that has to take place. And one thing that God speaks to me, God says he'll never give us more than our capacity can handle. Right? Right? And so as much as we love like up to the right, sometimes God says, man, you need to be pruned first. And get this, people that are in our church, they're not gonna be here forever, some people. It's a pruning. But the reason that God does it is because he says, you know what, you have to go through that so you're ready for this one day. You have to be faithful for 50 so you can be faithful at 100. It's a pruning. It's a process. It's a process. But look what he says in verse seven. He says, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I'm going to invite the band up, because we're about to close. Jesus says this, and here's the third P. We have the, the, the pr- we want, God wants us to produce. There's a pruning. And the last one is a promise. It's a promise. And the promise is this. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. It's gonna be done. That, that's the promise. Jesus is saying, if you stay close to me, and that, that is the absolute essence of it. Our production will always be a result of how close we are to Jesus. And this is why I tell people all the time, I tell my small group, they're like, why is this guy always getting on me to read my Bible? I believe without a shadow of a doubt we will go as far as our walk with God will take us. The fruit in our lives will be as fruitful as we are as close to God. And that's in every aspect of life, that's relationally, that's spiritually, that's financially, the closer we are to God, the more fruit we will see. The problem is for so many of us, it's in the process, it's in the pruning. We fall away, we go through things and we think that I just, it's not worth it. But what I love about what he says, he says there's a promise attached to it, and the promise is this. He says, ask and it will be done if you stay close to me. Remain in him and you will bear much fruit. Now get this, because I want to speak to someone. I want to end on something a little bit different. I told us at the very beginning, I said in the Old Testament, there, there was a garden and a gardener. That was it. Those are the two characters. But what I love about what Jesus says, this is what he said in John chapter 15. Can okay, put verse one up again? He adds a third character that wasn't there before. Because the disciples, they would have heard this parable before. They would have understood it, but Jesus added one special thing that wasn't there before. What Jesus said, he said, I am the true vine. He said, I am the true vine and you are the branches. You see, before the understanding was everything is on us. It's all on you. If you mess up, it's your fault. If you don't produce, you don't produce. But what I love about what Jesus says, he says, I am the true vine. And so there are two things that he does. He prunes us or he cuts us off. And the only reason God cuts us off is if we choose to be cut off. But here's the beauty of the idea that Jesus is the true vine. If Jesus is the true vine, what that means is although one person may be cut off, the plant does not die. You see, what that means for our lives, if God cuts us off for a season, maybe we chose to be cut off. But if Jesus is the true vine, what that means is that he is always there. He is always planted. He is always rooted. And all we have to do is call upon his name and we can be connected to the vine once more. We can produce once more. So I want to speak to someone who feels like you've been cut off. You feel like your story has disqualified you. You feel like your past has disqualified you. The beauty of John chapter 15 is that he is the vine. And if we are attached to him, we can see fruit again. This series I told you is all about vision. And my vision for us, and I believe the vision that God has for you, is to be fruitful once again. Is to make a difference once again. You've been gone for a season. Maybe it's been an extended pruning. But you're about to be fruitful again. You're about to make a difference Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. We hope that that message was exactly what you needed to hear. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to hear from you. We would love to see you in person. Until next time, take care.